We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Conference Championship Week is here. It's a massive week in the college football season. The postseason has arrived, and we're here to break it down on the field of 12. We hope you've been listening to us all year. If you haven't been, you can find us on the SiriusXM app. You can listen to us on the field of 12 YouTube channel. Click subscribe if you're watching us over there. My name is Greg Waddell. I am joined tonight by two very familiar faces. If you've watched this program before, we've got Christian Hackenberg. We've got Michael Felder. And it's overreaction Monday. We're running out of Mondays to overreact to at this point. But this past week gave us a lot to talk about. We're, of course, going to talk about the big result in the Big Ten. Michigan knocks off Ohio State for the second year in a row. We'll go out west, and we'll talk about if the USC Trojans are really going to cling to that fourth and final playoff spot. And we've got some movement on the coaching carousel as well. Some big-name hires in the last 48 hours we will break it all down, but as always, gentlemen, we will start with our toasts of last weekend. Felder, let's go to you first. First of all, what you drinking tonight for us? Second of all, who you toasting to? Listen, I got a. This is a hidden surprise, but this is a little wild turkey, of course. It's just in the, it's in the Hydra Peak, but it's wild turkey, and you know how we do. So I am gonna say for my toast of the week, whew, I'm gonna I'm gonna toast to Tennessee. They they were very close. And I know they blew out Vanderbilt, but this is a team that was they it looked like they, they could have fallen completely off the edge. Two in a row could have fallen off the edge. And Vanderbilt Tennessee two years ago would have fallen off the edge. Bingo, hack. Exactly. And they got it done. So I'm going, I'm I'm going to them. Go to, to the balls. Cheers. Hack, what you got for us? I'm gonna move past the weekend, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on something that we we had already talked about uh, on Saturday night. I'm yeah. sure we'll probably touch on a little bit tonight, but I'm gonna again. It's kind of past the weekend. I saw some saw some stuff on Twitter today, but Matt Rule touching down in Lincoln, Nebraska today. Um, as I you said, like got a soft spot for Rooley, Penn Stater. Um, hell, he beat me at Temple when I was at Penn State. First time we lost to them since World War II, so I still got scars about that. But um, that was a good Temple team. I'll give it to him. First game of the year at the link. But 
Um, I, I, I do have a soft spot for Rooley, uh, and I, and I really hope the best for him. So my, my toast is to the Nebraska Cornhuskers, hopefully returning to some shell of what they were, uh, and what all I think Nebraska fans still think they are, but have been a very, 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 very far, very were, far from <laughs> They were, I was going to say, late. I was going to so, say, they're, they're, would you call it, they, they've been a husk? Yeah, they've been, uh, yeah, they've been a fucking shit, a kernel of what that whole entire friggin' <laughs> cob has been. But hopefully Rulies will get them there. So here's, here's to my guy, Matt Rule. Cheers. I don't think you could throw enough varies in there when describing how very, very far off Nebraska has been. But hack some some people are saying the Big Ten could be on the verge of being back. I don't know that the Big Ten ever necessarily went anywhere too far. I don't think it has. But I don't know what we're talking about here. It could be back. I'm just saying it could be back. Uh, the, the only conference that anyone should be talking about being back is the Pac-12 because they've been they've been MIA since like SC. But they've been really good this year. They've been really good this year, and I'm 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 very very. I'll be the first one to admit it, and I'll keep throwing varies in. I think that's going to be my theme for the <laughs> night. Over my first overreaction Monday, and it's very very exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean the Big Ten. I think it's just going to get deeper, and that's what it needs to do. I think that West really needs yeah. to improve, and especially with SC and UCLA, and however however everything shakes out, and whatever ends up happening, I just think it needs to continue to get deeper. Yeah, maybe maybe parody the word I'm searching for. And we're going to get to a little more of that with the Michigan, Ohio State result in just a moment. Uh, I, I'm going to toast to somebody that I guess is a, a prominent figure in how the last two years of Michigan, Ohio State have played out. And that would be someone you probably don't expect. That would be Mr. Cade McNamara, gentlemen, because while Cade McNamara has announced today that he is officially transferring from the University of Michigan, I saw a screenshot of the moment that Cade McNamara took his first snap as a University of Michigan quarterback, they were down 17 to nothing on the road to Rutgers just a uh-huh. few short seasons ago. And from the moment that that man took his first snap, led them to the comeback, had the viral clip in the locker room, said, what if we went out? That program turned on a dime. A lot of Michigan players who did play a big role in this Ohio State game gave him a lot of credit publicly this morning. <laughs> for his leadership and everything he brought to the team the last two years. So to Cade McNamara, no longer University of Michigan quarterback, kudos, my friend. And let's stick right in the Michigan Wolverines uh, and the Ohio State loss. I mean, as simple as that. Ohio State as an eight-point favorite, loses to Michigan, second year in a row, first time that I can remember in my lifetime that Michigan has beaten Ohio State twice in a row. Uh, Michigan looks very likely to head back to the college football playoff for the second straight season. They've got to get through your boy hack. They've got to get through Aiden O'Connell and the Boilermakers. But, I mean, we don't know what happens until that game is done, but we expect Michigan will take care of business. So here's the overreaction. And then we'll throw to you, Hack, since, like you said, this is your first overreaction Monday. Michigan now runs the Big Ten. This conference goes through Ann Arbor. Fact or fiction, Hack? If you're living in the space of what have you done for me lately, and that's kind of your thing, yeah. Um, Jim right. Harbaugh and the Wolverines have done a hell of a job, and ultimately the standard has been Ohio State 
and Columbus really since Jim Trestle and then urban the, towards the end of Jim Trestle and then urban took it over and yeah. turned it into a juggernaut and, and Ryan day, you know, had done it um, previously before that. Um, but just, it's so crazy to think that to your point, Greg, Ohio, Ohio state hasn't lost to Michigan in back-to-back years. I, I, it's gotta be a really long time. They've won whatever 16 of the last 18 or something like that, or maybe, you know, a little bit less. I may be smudging that a little bit, but it's, it's just absurd how one-sided that rivalry has been in recent history. And for Michigan, to your point, to turn it over on a dime and take over, what everyone thought was the the gold standard, the golden egg, the golden goose outside of the SEC to be able to go out and win national championships on a consistent basis. And the way they did it, um, the way they've done it the last two years, they grinded it out. Um, and I said it on Sun on Saturday, you know, I have a ton of respect for both these programs. Very, very blue collar, uh, Ohio State in particular, and one guy who I talk with on a weekly basis and Joshua Perry. We've we've been on and offline about this, but I've I've just had a ton of respect for how tough Ohio State is. As much as as much success as that program's had, they've done it in a very hard nosed, blue collar manner. And for them to get beat the way they have to Michigan by getting out blue collared and out hard nosed is really impressive. And um, you know, I, I I have to say it. I mean, the Wolverines did it. You know, Penn State had a chance when they beat Ohio State in sixteen, one that won the Big Ten. And, <laughs> you know, did it and they just weren't able to do it. And Michigan took advantage of that and have been able to do it. So I don't that's think the it's same year that Penn State that lost. That's the Penn State team that lost to Michigan State, right? That was the thing that kept them out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't me being like, like, no, I'm no, just, no, no, no. I, I'm, is, I'm trying to remember the year. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to SC in the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah. As well. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, um, it's not an overreaction. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call it an overreaction. And, and I think it's good for the conference. I think Ohio state finally getting their bell rung a little bit. You're going to see what they're made of. You're going to see what this entire, you know, what all of this history and what all of this expectation means. You're going to see what, what happens. And, and they're still a giant. They, they, yeah. they still are. You can't argue it the, the way they played all year. Um, you know, they just got embarrassed in the biggest, the biggest stage that they had um, to prove themselves this year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they react. And like I said, there's still some time. And as you said, Michigan's got to get through, got to get through the old, uh, the old giant slayers that sit down there in West Lafayette. <laughs> they always figure out a way every year and they, they haven't done it yet this year. So we'll see what happens. But, um, I, I agree with you, but I, I fully expect Michigan to win this one and, and trot into the playoff, but wouldn't call it an overreaction, Greg. Okay. That's good. Long-winded. To hear. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. Uh, Felder, so you and I have been on a bunch of these shows. You are an overreaction Monday staple here. So (laughs) if if Pac's new to this, you're you're the vet in this setting. And I I think over the course of the season, we haven't talked too much Ohio State in these overreaction segments, but we have from time to time because they've had scares leading up to this. Yeah. And. You know, sometimes we exaggerate this on the production side. Like, wh- what are we going to pull from? What can we make give us the sound bite? And we've sort of floated like, oh, Ohio State's not the monster they normally are. And I think collectively, almost everybody on the show that's come through has sort of shut that down when we've talked about it. It's like, yeah. it, it, no, like they're kind of playing with their food here. They're going to show up when the lights are brightest. Yeah. And I remember the, the one thing I pushed back on that at all this season was when they get in the Michigan game, 
Uh-huh. There's some there's something different mentally about being in that setting after the way last season went that I was concerned they might not be able to just flip the switch. Do you think that that played a big role in this game? Because Ohio State looked ready to dominate through the first yeah. 10 minutes of this football game. Bingo. They, they should have scored three touchdowns in the first 10 minutes, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. You, you, you had the ball in a position to score, and you didn't do it. I am not just a believer in Michigan now. I think that Ohio State's got a problem at the core. you got to figure out how tough you want to be. And that's something – am I wrong, Pat? But I, I haven't heard that in years. Right. About that program. We haven't that's heard That's the craziest it. damn thing ever. I mean, playing them, right. you knew what you were getting. Sure. You knew what you were getting. But you watched it on Saturday, and what would you see? It ain't there, to your point. They don't have the kill. And, like, you can look at all the stats you want. Numbers can make everything work. They have one of the highest, most efficient red zone offenses in the country. They did Every big game. Uh, Penn State, uh, this one, they did not score as efficiently as they needed to in the red zone. Touchdowns. Yeah. They kicked field goals, but touchdowns. Right. And when you're in games like this, that's what fucking matters. You need you need six points. You better put six on the board. You better. And they've always six. been able to do that. Yeah. And by the way, I will say this. Mike Sainer still. Oh. Absolute monster. monster for Michigan. Guy that he had a couple pass breakups. He had a couple, he had seven tackles and a guy that flipped from their slot wide receiver to the, now he's their slot corner beast. Absolutely doing his thing. Biggest pass breakup of the season. I would say, uh, because that was good. That would have put Ohio state up and he, no, no, not for you. Sorry. You don't get this one. But I, I just think that, and I said it, we said it on Saturday, and I'll say it again today. Ohio State is, um, they're, they're the team, they get off the bus, they look like Tarzan. And on Saturday, they played like Jane. Brutal for the Ohio State fans who might be listening to this, but accurate. I mean, I don't know how you watch how it played out and call it anything else. Uh, so, Final question on Michigan, Ohio State, because I don't want to take up the whole show. I think we generally could talk like 35 minutes on this, though, Um, because this is this is a needle moving result for college football. Right. Almost the same way that the step back Alabama took this year is a needle moving Mm -hmm. result. Like we've lost Alabama and Ohio State in the same year in the college football playoff and Clemson. Right. All of a sudden, there is this parity. So. When I look at Michigan, right, because now we're we're talking about who are the programs that are going to come fill those shoes. We got Georgia in the SEC that, mm-hmm. I mean, they might as well be Alabama, but wearing Georgia uniforms, right? We've got nobody in the ACC ready to take that up for Clemson. We've mm-hmm. got TCU and USC doing their thing. Sure, that's great. But I, to me, football as a sport, college football almost needs another monster in there. So I'm looking at this Michigan team, comparing them to last year's Michigan team, right? A couple of things have changed. A lot of faces are back. They played Georgia last year. That was not an overly competitive football game. So does this result change your opinion of how serious you give Michigan a shot to win it all 
as soon as this season. Hack, what do you think? I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, you can laugh. All, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree I, with you. <laughs> I, um, because again, I watch this game and as much credit as I, because I don't want to piss the Michigan people off, as much credit as I want to give you Michigan have, for winning this you game. You have to give them credit. They, they yeah, did he, a good job. You have to give them credit, but at the same token, I have to look at the way Ohio State lost the game. Yes. And it was they lost the game in a in in a much worse fashion than they did last year. And to me, like you can say, oh, JJ McCarthy, you know, they showed some explosion on offense. They went zero, the kid slipped a tackle and went 65. They went zero again. He ran a post safety, they picked it up. They ran a po- uh, corner post, the kid picked it up, and he threw it to a guy who had 10 yards of separation. And then they ran a wheel route, got a little rub, boom. He still six, seven, eight yards of separation. Like that's the shit that usually doesn't happen against Ohio State. That happened. Michigan was able to take advantage of it, but like I don't see that happening against a Georgia or uh, if we're, we're just going to use Georgia as as the as the golden standard yeah. right now because obviously you got to you know you got to beat Georgia to get in. They're the defending champs to 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 get yours, and I just don't see that happening consistently against a team like that. Um. And I still just think that even Michigan's inability to run the football consistently over like over half their yards came on two carries in that game. And those the both those carries were in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Ohio State did a damn good job when you looked at everything and you take like four plays out of that game. Like Ohio State wins the football game or is in position to. And, uh, you know, again, if. If uh, if my aunt had tits, she'd be my or whatever. However you want to say the thing, whatever that saying is, right? Like if yeah. fans and butts. All I got some stuff. questions about your aunt now, hack. Yeah, right? no, I don't. I don't no, yeah, I know, I know what he's. I know what he's but, saying. He's hey, listen. If my aunt had a dick, she'd be my own. Yeah, correct. Yes, that one. There you go. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a couple beers tonight, but um, <laughs> you know it, it. It's just it's just when you look at it on on surface on on, on face value, I, I just don't think it changes anything. Okay. Eight, we got it. We got an 85 yard carry from Donovan Edwards. So that's seven. We got a 75 yard run from um, Donovan Edwards. <laughs> no, Cornelius Johnson. Oh, yeah. The reception, too. The, but the, I, I think... Excuse me. The the, the catch from yeah. Cornelius Edwards. Correct. That's a touchdown. We got 45 from Loveland. Yep. That's a touchdown. His only catch of the game is a touchdown. That's three touchdowns on three plays. That's three plays. Well, Edwards had Edwards had 65 and 85. So he, so he ripped off two four. monsters. So we got four, <laughs> we got four plays, four touchdowns. Four plays, four like, yeah, they're in position. And then we have, and again, this goes back to Sanders still. He his hand that hand. That he gets in between the hands on the 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 what should have been a touchdown for Ohio State. It's just you're you're hack, you're completely correct. Like, do you think they want to run this game back? <laughs> I'll I mean, I'll tell you this. I watched this game with my father, who is a University of Michigan alum. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, I grew up watching football games. I grew up watching this rivalry with him and I can count on two fingers how many times I got to watch Michigan beat Ohio State sitting in a room with him. And I asked him immediately after this happens, we were getting ready to flip on USC Notre Dame. Yeah. And I said, 
would you rather see USC or would you rather see Ohio State? And he knows nothing about USC. He started watching Caleb Williams, but before he even watched a snap, he goes, USC. Like not these guys. They don't want to see him again. Even after a 20, whatever it was, 22 okay. point win. They don't want to see him again, which is interesting. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, so listen, we'll we, I know we got a lot to get to tonight, Greg, but I just a huge win for Michigan, a win for Michigan that this one probably means more than last year because not only is it going to get you in the playoff, but you're in a playoff this year where it does feel a lot more manageable. And also you're getting repeatable results and you're making Ohio state have to question themselves. And that's the biggest part for me. And we, and hack, we talked about this yeah. on Saturday, Ohio state they're you know, like they're, they're five K dad, you know, like they go out they're their dad that, they're the dad that looks good and has a nice body and all the moms are like, oh yeah, we should bring this guy some pie and whatever. And then guess, you know what? You know who I want to fix my sink? Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, as you alluded to, we have a lot more to get to, so we will move on. The I do feel like I've carried the torch on. Maybe we could take Michigan serious though. So I'll leave you with this, gentlemen. You I'll win. leave you with this. You I'll win. leave I'll leave you with this. I still think this Georgia team's gettable. And I don't know that it's Michigan that gets them. I don't know that it's anybody who gets them. But the same way we kind of shrugged at Alabama, the same way we kind of shrugged at Ohio State throughout the year with results that raised an eyebrow a little bit. I think Georgia's had their fair share of those this year. You think so, Georgia's gettable? I think they're gettable. I think they're gettable. I do. Wow, I think they're Greg, the best team in Greg, the country. Tell me how. Greg, tell me how. Greg, Greg, when the lights were brightest, when 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 the lights were brightest and all eyes were on Georgia playing the next team that was going to dethrone Georgia, what happened? Oh, you're right. No, you're 100% right. They are the best team in the country. If they play their best game, Georgia wins the national championship running away Not by, by two plus scores. What I'm saying is, is it's playoff time. Every game right. is going to have every single light on it. You're right. Every single game is going to be Tennessee and Oregon. You're Who's right. And what happened in both but, those games. But but that exact same argument hack was used into why Ohio State would beat Michigan. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, sure. we've, we've and, looked at I mean, every... I'm sure some people said that. But, I mean, yeah. I, I, I said that Ohio State does show up. But I, Ohio State didn't show it in primetime consistently. I mean, they, they, they right. kind of... They had a pillow fight with Notre Dame to open up the year. And I mean, that's looked better and better as the year went on. Right. But I mean, you're, you're right. talking, you're talking two flat out beat downs with the brightest lights. You're right. I mean, these Bulldogs are ready to rip. Yeah. Georgia's biggest games, they have been at their best. That yes, is they, undeniable. Georgia is a football team that one, there's two things with Georgia. One, I, I think they're the two teams that I would not want to play are Georgia and Utah. Utah is embarrassed by what happened in week one with Florida. And they're – so they, they're going to give you a fight. You might beat them. You might beat Utah. That's fine. But they're going to give you – they're going to put the screws to you. And they're going to make you have to work. And then with Georgia, Georgia is – I don't know that embarrassed is the right word, but with Georgia, what you get is a team that everyone doesn't believe in 
I didn't believe him believe in them because I didn't believe Kirby Smart was going to push the pace from an offensive standpoint. They think people don't believe in them because of how much they lost on the defensive side of the ball. And so they are hyper-focused on proving that they are good on the defensive end. And then Stetson Bennett is a guy that no one's ever believed in. Yeah. Not wrong. And, I mean, look, they got the crown, right? They're sitting on the throne. Nobody should yeah. doubt them. And, Hack, yeah. your point your point about the brightest lights is a big one. I have no counter on that whatsoever. Yeah. I'll go watch the Oregon tape to remind me of how good this Georgia team is. If I'm going to talk myself, into Tennessee, like, I mean, the Tennessee yeah. one was the Tennessee one was what put a cherry on the top. Like I thought yeah. like week one, like cute, like, all right, cool. Like anyone can kind of get anybody mm-hmm. kind of neutral site game. That's at home. You're playing your old DC. You know, them really well, but the Tennessee one was what put the cherry on top for me. Cause you're talking like the hottest team in America coming into that game. Yeah. And they just thoroughly whooped that ass. Yeah, and it could have been worse. If it didn't start raining in the third quarter, it could have been worse. They pulled their pants down and said, hey, buddy, what do you want yeah. to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got straight up sunned. Like, that it just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about you? Proved it for me. I was going to say, what do we think about USC? You know, what do you think, Greg? I'm going to let you. I'm going to. I'm going to. Because I got some <laughs> thoughts. I do have some thoughts. So. I have some thoughts. I have spent this entire season on the narrative that USC was going to slip up on a game that no one saw coming and it was going to cost them everything. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I like, I mean, you could say that was the, their one loss this season, right? Like you, you could point at the Utah game and be like, that was the slip up. Just everybody else also slipped up even more that now it didn't matter. And I I'm really impressed with what they've done. I thought Notre Dame might get them last week, to be honest with you going in. And uh, I, part of that was just me talking myself into my disbelief in USC. Still, <laughs> I, I, I just have so many concerns on the defensive side of the football. I think that it, when you give up as many big plays and just big drives as they do, you're begging, mm-hmm. you're begging worse teams to hang in a game. And if you do that mm-hmm. week after week after week, it bites you. And maybe Caleb Williams is just that good that it doesn't matter. I thought their defense was better against Notre Dame this week than it has been in past weeks that I've seen. I don't know if that's here to stay, but at this point, I'm not going to keep picking against them. Like I, I think they should get Utah in a revenge spot with everything on the line. Give me the guy that has Caleb or the team that has Caleb Williams that needs it. Right. Like that's, that's sort of, but I don't feel confident saying that, right? Is that crazy? Because yeah. I've swung both spectrums. It's just like I gotta throw my vote somewhere. Let me, let's go USC. What do you think, Hack? Well, I think I think you're bringing up a really good point because something that George has said, and I agree with. I mean, SC is playing with house money right now. Like, I don't really think whether they win, lose, get in the playoff, whatever. Like this year's kind of a a step in the right direction for them, right? Back on the right. national stage, back. So, like, whatever happens, I think that this program and this team and Lincoln Riley are just – they got nothing to lose. Right. Another point that I've – and a mountain that I've died on is that I think it's really, really hard to beat a team twice in the same year. Yes. And SC's coming into this with that with Utah. I mean, you you know, 
to your point, Felder, like Utah is a very dangerous team. I think they're a lesser version and it all depends on what version of Cam Rising shows up, sure. which he's been very, very consistent, but he has showed a, a few chinks in that armor the, uh, as of late. Um, and if he, if he shows up, it's going to be a dogfight. And he's just what he is, steady Eddie, drives the ship, makes some plays. Well, we also hell, saw Kincaid get hurt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. But um, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what what happens with that. I think that's hard. But I, to me, this SC team is kind of like uh, like the super flashy, small, but like stretch the court type lineup in basketball. Like there, yes. you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of run and gun with these guys. If if the three if if the three balls fall and like you, you know they can make it pour it on you, they're Golden like, State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> am, I like I wrong? am I wrong? I like am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because no. Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams is Steph Curry, Jordan Addison is um Clay, and yeah. then like I the problem is they don't have a Draymond. Yeah, no, I mean I I. They're just to me. They're just uh, they're very flashy. They're very sexy. If you fall in love with them, they could break your freaking heart in a heartbeat, and they could they could also you know steal your shit and make it make you drop to one knee and marry it. So I figure I figured out. No, they're not the Golden State Warriors. You know what they are? Because the Golden State Warriors got what do they got? Four titles in the last six years. <laughs> you know what they are? They're they're OKC. Oh yeah, KD so, Russ era. Yeah, yeah. KD Russ, Harden, the whole like yeah. they're that's yeah. what they are. That's yep. what this team is, and we'll see if they can get to the mountaintop. Correct, correct. They're just they're they're right there. They make you want to say yes, but there's just always something at this point that that just doesn't quite make you want to commit. And this win could be a big one for them, and then yeah. who knows, right? Like, I think I think if they get in the playoffs, they could be one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs, right? Like, yes. I think they could beat anybody, but I also think they could get their ass whooped by anybody. On Bingo. like, I mean, that could happen to anybody, but I'm saying on, on a larger scale of, of watching this team and how they play, yeah. they could beat anyone in the country at any point in time. I don't think you could say that about everyone. And they can also get their ass beat by everybody in the country at the same time. So I, I think that's going to be a fun yeah. thing to watch with them. I, I agree. Um, Greg, I'm not trying to hijack the show, but how do we feel about TCU? Because <laughs> I think that they also can beat anyone. So I, I was going to flip this and ask you this, Felder. If you are, <laughs> yeah. if you are, if you are Georgia, would you rather play USC or TCU? I'd rather play USC. Really? Yeah. What no am shit. I crazy? I don't know, man. I'd rather keep fucking Caleb Williams on the bench, dude. Like, I mean, I, and that's <laughs> yeah. not to disrespect Max Duggan. Cause I think, I think, I think TCU definitely has some weapons and, and, and Max yeah. has played, played great, but TCU's track record this year. I, and I know they're hot, but the way they've won some games, like if I'm Georgia, I want to play. I want to play TCU and get it over with. I and, and and see the thing for me with TCU is this is a team that knows that no one respects them. They know that no one believes in them, 
They know that no one trusts them. And if you give me a healthy Quentin Johnston, you give me a healthy Savion Williams, give me a healthy Tay Barber. Outside of Ohio State, who I don't have to worry about anymore because they're not going to the playoff. Give me those guys. That's the best receiving core in college football. But you watched that Texas game. I did. Are you telling me if Georgia gets after that ass, that's going to matter? I think that my favorite player of the weekend, and Hack, I know you're going to respect this. They went 22 personnel. Can you match 22 personnel with Georgia, though? Like, Georgia can match that. You're, so talking, you match, you're, talking, you're talking Big 12 SEC. Like, Georgia can match that shit all day long. And they match it, and then they, they run a swing screen, and then they throw the, the, the slant to Savion Williams. Dude, and I don't know, man. You, I just I, – I think the play calling from TCU, I think that the – the personnel for TCU. I just either way you're getting O'Reilly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> either way you're getting O'Reilly. Yeah, I, I'd rather take Little Riley than Big Riley at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, no, I That's think just it... my opinion. I'm not. No. I'm not knocking you, Felder. I respect you. I respect no, your no. game. I think. I think we're no. We're on. We're we're both looking at it the same way, and we're both looking uh... at it because also TCU does actually play defense. Yeah. And I just I'm I'm looking at I'm like and maybe it's a psychological thing where Georgia coming in against TCU is like we got these guys versus USC, which is like a big name brand. You know, they're gonna be billboards and they kind of they kind of saunter in versus coming in ready to rock and roll. Cause remember a year ago in the national championship game, when Georgia played Alabama, Georgia was like so hyper-focused. People were worried that Georgia was over-focused a year ago. They were like too serious. And I just, with TCU, I'm like, yeah, these they're, they're going to think they can't do anything. You know what, it, you know, I think that Georgia versus TCU reminds me of um, Alabama against Utah. 2008, where they were like, oh, we'll just win this game, no problem. And then Utah just beat the brakes off of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I it doesn't. Here's the point <laughs> Georgia's the better football team either way. They just have to be focused. <laughs> right. um, for the record, I would, I would lean to hack side of that strictly because of Caleb Williams and back to the, the well, whole, yeah. let's talk about him. Is he going to win the Heisman? So, uh, well, that's a great well, question so- because well, you got hack. Well, before we get there, which conference championships more scary? Is it TCU having to beat Kansas state twice in the same year? Or is it, or is it SC? Cause I mean, that's a whole nother conversation though, Felder. If these guys ah. don't get it done this weekend, <laughs> Then Ohio State, the door's wide open. The door's wide open Man. for the Buckeyes to sneak in there. Hell, <laughs> Dagan, Dagan, maybe even Bama sneaks in there. Dude, we're what we're we're talking about Ohio State losing, 
Clemson losing. UNC lost as well. But Clemson, Clemson. I mean, they 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 got two losses. US UNC's got three. Fucking who? You know? Yeah. Fuck. No, I'm saying they all lost this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, guess what? You know what? We don't even want to show up to the party. Right. It's like it's like my. You know what? My mom wouldn't let me go out tonight. <laughs> Grounded. So <laughs> if. If I if I forced you guys to be betting men, uh, okay, which it, I'm gonna make up odds here that are definitely incorrect because I believe the the Utah USC game is opening as like a pick'em, which shocks mm-hmm. me a little bit. Um, TCU is why favorite. is that shocking? I'm surprised USC. Well, I mean Utah beat them. Maybe it shouldn't shock me at all. I'm just surprised given. <laughs> USC's string of wins lately that they're not being given the playoff bump, honestly, right now. Like, if one program has the playoff on the line, yeah, they could come out tight, but I'm expecting they definitely we get... had one of the most impressive finishers of anybody yeah. in college football in terms of schedule and yeah. who they played. I, I think we get USC's A game. It, like they're not they're not overlooking this, obviously, right? Everything is right there in front of them, is my but, point. So I'm a little surprised by all that. All I'm saying is, you know who's given the best A game? Who's given the best A game? Final week of November, who gave the best A game? This year? This year. Who I gave mean, the best A game this year? The final week of the season, the best A game. They knew they knew what they had to do. Half, you know what I'm about to say. It's Iowa State, bro. <laughs> it's Iowa State. They're a shell of what they were last year. They did what they were supposed to do for the first time all year. They did what they were supposed to do. I knew where you were going. But you know who didn't? Clemson, LSU. Hey, he's been a fraud since week four. We've been saying that shit. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's Texas A&M, bro. It's Texas A&M, bro. It's Texas A&M, bro. So okay, uh, back to back back to my betting hypothetical. <laughs> over over under one of these two quote unquote playoff teams loses. If okay, I made you, you say either either USC or TCU will lose. Yes or no? Like, does this go chalk? Do we get the four playoff teams we think we're going to get? Or does an upset happen? Yes or no? I don't know which one, but I'm going to say something crazy is going to happen. Chaos. It feels that way, doesn't it? It just feels that way. Like, in the year of chaos, everyone we thought was going to get there blew themselves up. And now there's one more week for it to go chalk. And we really think it's going to go chalk. I just think these two matchups, the two matchups are. That's what break. That's what that's what yeah. makes it to me. And the fact that it's Utah and the fact that it's Kansas State is what scares me. And that's yeah. what I think is interesting. I am terrified of Kansas State. Ooh. They are. Why are they winning so much with their backup quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Like heck, like you play, you're you're a starter. Yeah. What if your backup got in and just kept winning? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, like, like, and I know Adrian Martinez is hurt, so like, it's not like you could go in and fix it. Right. It's just like, oh, he's in, and he's just doing it in a completely different way than I did it. And to me, it's just the fact that K State's been a giant slayer for years. Yeah. They've always snuck it out. They've always figured out a way how to beat somebody when similarly for Purdue. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not bringing them into the same conversation, but I'm just saying, <laughs> sure. I'm just saying there's certain programs that if you've been in tune with college football for a long time, you're like, yes. these fuckers, man, they just, they just, they pull just something do out it. Of their ass. They pull something out of their ass every year. And you know, what better time to do it than the than the than the conference championship game is all yeah. I'm saying. Right. I that's and that's the scary part because Will Howard, maybe they you know what's crazy is Will Howard might start the game and then Adrian Martinez might be healthy enough to go. And then all of a sudden you're like, this isn't what we prepared for. And I think about this and 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 heck, you tell me, but I think about this a lot, like what your practice week looks like. And how much time you spend on things. And if you spend 85% of your week preparing for hack, or excuse me, not preparing for hack, you're, 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 yeah, but whatever. 85% of your week preparing for Will Howard, and then only, you know, 15% preparing for Adrian Martinez. And then Adrian Martinez plays 65% of the game. You're like, yeah. Well, we weren't prepared for that. I wasn't ready for this and I didn't know what was going to happen. And, and you can't blame your players. Yeah. It just, it just, I mean, that's, that's also the fault though. And I, that's a, that's a deeper conversation though, Felder. To me, that's the fault of where college coaches and coaches in general kind of fall into is this, this Uber thought process of trying to prepare and script everything and show right. looks. Yeah. Football is still reactionary, man. And at the end of the day, if you go out and I'm, I'm like, a massive proponent of good versus good. Like as yeah. many like weekly basis, get your shit out there and execute what you do well for that exact reason of what you brought up. Like you don't know who's going to roll out, but I know if I play this extremely sound, I don't give a fuck who's over there. We'll be able to get it done, but yeah. I, I'm not going to go down that path, but that's my thought process on that little note there. No, no, but that, that, but I think about that a lot because I think about, and I know he didn't get he he did not take the Auburn job, Lane Kiffin. But the thing that I've really loved about Lane Kiffin is he he puts he lays everything out plus the kitchen sink. Yeah. To, to make you prepare for a bunch of stuff that you don't know is coming. And so I just think about that a lot. Um but what do we want to do? What do Greg, you tell you you're the you listen, you're steering the ship. You tell me. Listen, man, I, we're letting you two rock. I will reset us quickly, though, because uh, we are about 42 minutes into the show. We've got a little under 20 minutes left. If you're listening to us on the field of 12 after dark, we appreciate you. By the way, it's Cyber Monday for another hour and 18 minutes here. Uh, if you go to the field of 68.shop, you can still take advantage of our Cyber Monday offer. Use the code CYBER, all caps, for 20% off everything in the store. We've got a bunch of Field of 12 gear in there, a bunch of Field of 68 gear as well, including Hack's own Pod Guy shirts. Any, any of you guys wow. some Pod Guys, however you want to interpret that, whatever that may mean, it's a very broad statement. It's all encompassing. But if you're a Pod Guy, <laughs> go grab you one. 
We're not judging. That's all we're saying. Uh, and as what always, do I got to do to get my own shirt? Uh, I know a guy, Felder. I'll hit you up offline. Okay, good. We got you. We got you. Uh, you <laughs> you briefly briefly mentioned uh, the Auburn job in passing. Yeah. So let's let's go there. Hugh Freeze to Auburn. I don't have an overreaction for this. I think Hugh Freeze is a pretty damn good football coach. I know that. Uh, should Auburn fans be happy with this news? Felder, what do you think? I mean, how long are they going to be happy? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that, seriously. Heck, how long are they going to be happy? As long as they're winning. I mean, that's that to me. That's 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 what the flow and and, and the last, expectations in the S in the SEC are, though. Does he stay there longer than Nick Saban? Stays at Alabama starting now. I mean, shit, man. You're talking about it completely. But Nick Saban set that standard, dude. Like, realistically speaking, though, like, let's be honest, though, Felder. I mean, the SEC was always good, and it was always kind of Jurassic Park. But they didn't have a dynasty like Bama before Saban. I mean, for for what Bama did, they transformed everybody. They made everybody have to catch up. They made everybody have to catch up to a different standard, to Mm -hmm. me. Maybe I'm speaking out of my ass because I didn't you're not. Get to see some of the other older, older generations of like you're you're not really you're, good uh, SEC let me tell you, programs. You're not speaking out of your ass. There was they every mm. the SEC went through multiple eras. They yeah. went through the Bama era. They went through where it was the Florida era. They went through yeah. all. Spurrier, they went through these yeah. things. They went through Tennessee as well. Was amazing. Yep. They went through eras, but yeah, Nick Saban was like if. Hey man, you better run with me, or I'm gonna destroy you. I mean, because he even caught Florida in an era, like, and yes. he, he started beating Florida, like so. And he's dude, lasted, oh, he's lasted right. And dude, um, what he did with McElroy, what he did with McElroy in the 2009 yeah. SEC championship game was amazing. So it's, yes, it's it's beautiful, but I'm saying I think it's a different time. I think yeah. when Saban got it, you're, you're talking different expectations, different media presence, different mm-hmm. visibility, top yes. to bottom into your program. So it's hard to, it's hard to me. It's really hard to compare that. Do I think Hugh Freeze is extremely hungry? Yes. Do I think he's a hell of a football coach? Yes. Do I think that there's some things that have happened in his past that are very, very questionable and are going to cause more mm-hmm. on the program moving forward? Yes. 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 But what fixes all of that is winning. winning. And if you can come in there and what something we've talked about, the transfer portal is a, a freaking hell of a thing. It can cure things a lot faster than anyone had to talk about. Oh, I got to get through two recruiting cycles. Just let me get to my guys. No, no, no. You can get your guys tomorrow if you hit <laughs> it like Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I to me, that's what's going to cure it is if Hugh Freeze really is motivated and really wants to get back and really wants to prove that he's he's fixed all the bullshit and all the baggage that came with him. Um, no one's doubting his ability as an X's and O's guy going there right. and winning some ball games. Hack, what do we what do we think is because there's different bars to winning, right? What do we think that bar is at Auburn right now as he's taking this job? Is it beat Alabama consistently? Is it? play in the sec championship game consistently or is it like a couple nine win seasons to get started and they're happy with that well i mean i think i think the fairest statement here is i mean you're talking about auburn dude like they're not that far removed from being national championship contenders 
Like you're recruiting kids who know who Cam Newton is. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going to a They Nebraska. were in the SEC championship game in 2013. Or excuse me, they were in the they were in the national championship game in 2013. Yeah. Like you're like it's not like you're talking about Nebraska who half these kids, you know, couldn't even tell you Scott Frost. Yeah, who these guys were in Nebraska. Nebraska was was really yeah. No one wanted to schedule Nebraska for a stretch of about eight to ten years there. Like yep. so um you're, there's a lot more visibility. There's a lot more recognition and there's a lot of talent within 200 miles of your campus. So go, right. go do what you got to do, man. And it, and it Auburn resonates with all of those kids. So um, what, what the expectation is, I think that's yet to be determined, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, is the ceiling is as high as you could imagine at Auburn Uh the floor really isn't that low right Uh in terms of what you probably have sitting in your building right now or shouldn't be and and in terms of how quickly you can turn it around so to me I mean whatever the expectations are going to be that's going to be that's going to be handled by by other people who have a lot more invested in that program than I ever will but um I mean being able to come in and compete and, and and win an SEC championship is not is not a crazy expectation within the first two, three, four years. But what do you, how do you deal with the, the rest, the outside, the, whether it's not just NIL, but also like just the people, the boosters, how do you, where do you, cause we've seen teams have problems with that. And we've seen programs have problems with that A&M's going through it right now. Yeah. I mean, Felder, that's a million dollar question. You know, I know how I'd personally yeah. handle it. And, and you know, I, I'm not going to, not going to disclose that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's a million dollar question. That's what those guys get paid the big bucks for. They got to figure out how to answer that. I love that answer. I love that answer. I think you're spot on. That's why you make the money, right? So. That was a great coach hack answer. Final thing on uh on Auburn from me here. Uh Felder, yeah. do you think that the landscape of the SEC right now makes it easier on a, a coach like Free stepping into a place like Auburn right now to potentially get to that destination of winning, to jump over that bar than it was maybe five years ago when the Alabama program was at the highest of heights that it was firing on? Because I like, let's just throw names out. We've got Georgia at the top of the game right now, but Georgia's worked their way up into this over the last five years. We've still got Alabama. We've got Tennessee, who was the story of college football this whole season that was right there. And within the last three, four years, we've seen LSU do it too. It's not like this is just Bama, Bama, Bama. It seems like there is an opportunity for other SEC programs to pop in and out of relevance at the playoff level. Do you think that's easier or harder than it would have been five years ago for a guy like Free stepping in at Auburn? Well, let me ask you something, Greg. Who's um, who's Auburn's number two rival? Shit, I don't even know. Georgia. Is it Georgia? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so, tough. So your no- your number one rival is is Alabama, and then your number two is. Georgia. You think they're not going to give you that work? 
every week? Every time, listen, if you want some, come get some. And so that's the heart. The, Tennessee has the same problem, right? Tennessee's got to deal with three of them. Tennessee's got to deal, Tennessee's got to deal with Florida, Georgia, and Alabama every year. They got to deal with that. That's what Tennessee's got to deal with every year. And so I think that for Auburn, it's not an easy road. And especially when the other team is is looking good, you got to look up, you look upstate and you're like, dang, they're killing it. Ain't that close. So I, and I think Auburn's got some really good players this year. They just got to figure out what they got to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's jump to one other uh, coaching change this past week. And I'm going to go back into overreaction mode here. Uh, I want to talk about Luke Fickle heads to Wisconsin. Surprise hire to me. I don't know if I should have been surprised by that. Hack can tell me if I should or should not have been, but I didn't expect his name to end up in Madison of all places. Mm -hmm. I would have thought if it ended up anywhere in the Big Ten, it might have been that program in Columbus. And I'm not saying there's going to be a coaching change, but with the way this last week played out, maybe a little more patience could have led to Luke Fickle having a different job in the Big Ten not so far off from now. So for overreaction purposes, hack. Luke Fickle took the wrong Big Ten job. Yes or no? Hmm. Well, everything that you've hinted at. I, I my, my perception of Luke Fickle and everything that I've heard um, in the talking heads and small irrelevant circles that I tend to dance in at times um, <laughs> was that Luke Fickle was going to sit in Cincinnati until the, until the Ohio state job came back open. Right. He was going to sit, sit. I've heard the same thing. Hold. And when that, when that Ohio state job came back open, he was going to shove all in. That's where he wanted to be. Um, Do I think that he took the wrong job? I think he can do more at Wisconsin than he could ever do at, um, at Cincinnati. I think they can be a consistent contender um, because of how they're built, the mentality. I think he fits it. Uh (laughs) But again, he made it this far, man. Like if I was him, I'd have just, (laughs) I'd have kept sitting, I'd have kept waiting it out. Like he was going to sit cozy, man. He was going to be cushy sitting there in Cincinnati. Like they were never going to force him out. Whatever happened, happened. Like the grass wasn't greener there. For, for Cincinnati, he had all the power. Like, he could have just sat it out, and I think he never would have had any polish come off of him as a candidate. I think he could have only improved it by having to every year go out and out-recruit these guys and build a roster in a creative manner. I think he could have only improved it. So I'm not going to say he took a bad job. I think the Wisconsin job's a damn good job, and I think you good can job. be in there. And I think you can be it, – it's it's a program that that has a ton of support um and i think you can win and be very competitive there but when you're comparing the hypothetical situation of not firing of ryan day but ryan day moving on to greener pastures in the nfl which is i think is his ultimate goal at some point in time 
And that may be happening a little bit faster because of the entire psychological shift at Ohio state that we've already covered. I don't think it's an overreaction to say he took the wrong big 10 job. I think he just maybe, maybe just got tired of sitting and waiting and, and took what, 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 what he felt was best and what he felt he could go in and compete at the highest level with based upon what's happening right now in the, in the, in the landscape of college football. So I don't blame him, but I think a little more patience might've paid off for what I've been told was his dream job. Timing is everything. From the but I also don't think he would have made that move because they ain't dumb and everyone talks. I don't think he would have made that move without if, knowing yeah. a little something about right. the, the current state of Ohio state as well. I don't think he would have made that move. So I don't, I don't want to think that he's dumb and naive and he doesn't, they don't have ears everywhere. Cause they do. Yeah. So, right. That's the whole point of having an agent. <laughs> <laughs> yes I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do kind of double it up here so i got two things one i agree with you hack i think you're spot on that that's the job that he wanted that's the job that he he didn't have the patience to wait for because he felt like he had to do something but i also think that he's all he's looking at matt campbell pj fleck and he's like Ah, I got to do something. I have to do something. And that's the part where that's the hardest. I think, honestly, I think that's one of the hardest parts of coaching in terms of getting the next job is what do I do now? Do I, do I even Manny Diaz, do I take the temple job as the defensive coordinator and then I guess I just quit the temple job and come back to Miami. What do I do? And that's a big part of that we don't talk about nearly enough is these guys make choices. You have to make a choice. And that choice is that choice essentially can seal your fate. Good situation, bad situation, good um alumni, bad that, alumni. Though. Huh? I mean, I mean, I don't know about all that. I mean, you're, you, I mean, look at all these examples. I mean, look at Hugh Freeze. Like, if Hugh Freeze did what sure. he did in any Hugh other, Freeze. in any other, and I, it's not a knock on the guy. I met him. I think he's a good guy. Like, I'm just saying, like, if everything that happened with him at at Ole Miss like followed you and was really tied to you, do you think he'd have got a job like Auburn if it was like corporate America? Like, it's it's I, it's, its own profession. Like, I think good guys. No matter what happens, I think you. Can I don't know that decisions. Hugh Freeze is a good guy. I I think uh, that good 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 at what you're doing. Good at good at his football. job. Yes. Good at coaching football. Sure. Yes. I just what I'm saying is that. <laughs> but then you you look at. <laughs> but I'm saying like you look at like Matt Campbell, hottest coach on the block. What yeah. two years ago? Yeah. But if push came to shove, someone would hire him. How do you sell that? How do you sell a four and eight Matt Campbell to Nebraska? You don't, but if he was the best option out there, they do it. Like he's not gonna be jobless, I guess is what I'm saying. Like these guys yeah. aren't gonna No, they're I'm not worried about the guys yeah. at all. They're gonna yeah. listen, they're gonna keep making way more money than I make mm -hmm. for sure. But I just you can't sell a four and eight. Matt Campbell to Nebraska, like this year. I think he could get hot again. 
I think yeah, that, it's it's just like anything. You know what I mean? Sure. You get hot again, you get on a, you get on a little but fucking I think, heater but and you Why is Matt out. Campbell why was why was Matt Campbell not the guy for Nebraska? Cuz I'd have taken role as well based upon what he did. You'd have taken role as well? And see, yeah. I would have taken Campbell. Well, that's where we differ. I mean, I think, yeah, think, think Rule won I, at Temple. He won at Baylor. He, he's he been proven at multiple places. And, different and Campbell won at Iowa State. He won at the state next to you. But I think I think maybe the But point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, yeah. To, the stock of who Matt Campbell is now and the opportunities he would get is below where it was to you. I mean, there two years ago, right. Michigan fans would have driven – him to Ann Arbor yeah. to take over for right. Jim Harbaugh. USC fans would have right. USC fans wanted him. Like right. it was right. that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. It's yeah, a right. it's you're a hard right. spot to be in and you have to make a you're choice. Right. That's right. all. Right. That's the only thing I'm you're trying right. to say. So those those were the first two of okay. uh of many uh coaching carousel Jeez. moves that I'm sure we will break oh, down yeah. here on the Matt rules well. at Nebraska now, by the way. Yeah, there's there's quite a few that we will end up getting to in the days and weeks to come here on the field of 12 after dark. But to wrap up overreaction Monday, gentlemen, we have to do our three stars. We've each got a quarterback. We've got a skill guy. We've got a defender from the week that was this past Saturday. Let's go hack and then Felder and then myself in that order. We'll do our quarterbacks first. Hack, who is your QB of the week? Yeah, my quarterback, Sean Clifford. Big salute. Uh, Good performance to finish it out in your career. I appreciate you, my guy. Uh, Way to end it. In Beaver Stadium, 202, four touchdowns, did your thing, got the uh, Land Grant trophy back, so Sean Clifford. Hey, I love it. That's not toast, but I'm going to cheers to that, Hack. That was yeah. that was good for the heartstrings, yeah. my friend. Listen, I love Sean. I love – I've never – no one's made more of a transition to looking like a snack than Sean Clifford. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with EJ, um, EJ Warner, Warner, Temple. 527 yards. This is the second game. And, Hack, I want to see your face when you hear this. This is the second game where he has had over 480 yards throwing and lost. Mm. Mm. That's (laughs) Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, man, against the Eagles. (laughs) That's tough. Uh, I'm I'm going J.J. McCarthy. And, uh, yes, he had some pretty easy results. And just hit a wide open dude multiple times in that game. But I was impressed with his poise. I was impressed with the way he used his legs that opened up in the second half of the Michigan run game. Uh, skill guy, hack, who you got? Uh, going to the same game, Cornelius Johnson, four receptions, buck 60 and two touchdowns. Um, ripped off that big one against yeah. zero where he broke a tackle. Uh, showed some explosion that that room and position group has not showed all year, whether that be or lack of play calling, lack of opportunity, whatever. Showed it. Happy for him. Cornelius Johnson. There you go, Bob. There we go. I'm going to go to Arizona. I'm going Michael Wiley. 214 yards on the ground. His quarterback only threw for 200 yards. He ran for 214. Put him on the board. They beat Arizona State. That's big. I'll take uh, a a South Carolina Gamecock here. I'm going with Antoine Wells. Everybody's talking Spencer Rattler and how good he looked the last two weeks of the season. Wells helped him out quite a bit. Nine receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns, a 72-yard reception uh, superstar 
was what he was against Clemson in the upset mm-hmm. victory. Hack, who you got for your defensive guy of the week? So uh, I'm going to go Will Anderson, two sacks, five tackles, not a crazy uh, stat line game for him. But when you watch the football game, the way he impacted it, yes. um, he's a really, really freaking good football player. And if you like watching um, – you like he watching ha- the game, studying the intricacies of it, the way he's he hammers and he plays. splatters very well. Forces forces plays in, forces plays out, captures it. Like he he just he's a very instinctual football player, and it was just more so my watching him play against Auburn. He made a, more than a handful of of plays that the average fan doesn't even bat an eye at, but was very very impressive. So Will Anderson, yeah, he's he's remarkable. I love watching him play. So um. I'm going to go with Mike Sander still. Same same vein, though. Two pass breakups. Um, two critical pass breakups. But the big thing for me was watching him hammer to get everything back inside. Watching him force things wide was amazing. So I'm going Mike Sander still. A guy who flipped from three years of playing a wide receiver to playing – uh, slot corner slash nickel, you know, money. And he's just been doing his thing. So I, I really have enjoyed him. Yeah, that was the play of the week for me, the pass breakup where he came yeah. all the way across the field. And you mentioned how important it was earlier in the show. I'm going uh, an Aggie here, not the way they wanted uh, their season to go this year, but they ended on a high note with the win against LSU. I'm going Damani Richardson, led the team in tackles. He's the SEC defensive player of the week. Two fumble recoveries in this game. And we talk about chaos. We got a little taste of chaos with LSU with everything to play for. They lose by two scores to AM. Ooh. Not saying we'll see that again this week, but in a wide open year of college football, I'm not saying that it won't happen either. We'll be back here every single night the rest of the week to break it down. We're going to talk specific matchups of conference championship week later in the week. We'll break down all the hypotheticals of the college football playoff that we didn't get to tonight. Uh, Gentlemen, it is always a pleasure doing this with you. For Hack, for Michael Felder, my name is Greg Waddell, and we'll see you tomorrow night on the Field of 12 After Dark.